Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the one and only Full Bean Podcast. Hi, I'm Sai. And I'm Al. Good evening. All right, Al. Good evening, right. good morning, good afternoon. Yes, depending on where you are in the world. We have listeners everywhere now. We do. So. <laughs> that was a bit of a full stop, wasn't it? <laughs> In this episode, we are going to talk about underrated car manufacturers. Okay? Now, let that sink in. We're not talking about specific cars, specific models. We're talking about underrated manufacturers. This is Al's idea, and this is our first Tuesday um, specific subject podcast and i think it's a great idea because it really got me thinking about underrated car manufacturers and what makes them underrated in people's eyes and more specifically why do i why do i find them underrated yeah um so have you still got three three to go through so yeah yeah and i ummed and hard about them for ages took cars in took cars out or right. manufacturers i should say but yeah i've got three well i've only got two um, I've got two I can put up a good, a good argument for. Um, I did think about Fiat, but then I thought they're not really underrated anymore. Oh, no, they're underrated because every other car is a Fiat. Yeah, it doesn't mean that every other car is a Fiat. Do people like them or not? And I think, I think, they're, I think they're quite respected now when they, when they were in the past, maybe. Um, so I also thought about, I also thought about Vauxhall. But I couldn't think of any any defence for it whatsoever, so that was out. You're gonna you're gonna have to set your guidelines out here, Al, because underrated to me meant they don't sell or they don't perceive to sell. Somebody picks something else, and that's why I've gone for one of mine because everybody picks a Ford or a Vauxhall over it. Right, I see. I, 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 you can, it can mean that, yeah, but I, I kind of meant it as well in the sense that maybe a car doesn't get as much, a manufacturer doesn't get as much respect as it should. I'll tell you okay. what, so I'll tell you how I came to think about this subject. Yes, please, that would be great. Okay, right, so this all came about because, like, my first one is Renault. Okay? Okay. Reason being is, nobody just brought out this Megane Super Sport RS thingy. And how much is it? Thousand pounds. <laughs> it's what? Well, it's not. It's obviously I was being facetious there, Al. It's 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 a lot of money. Is it forty, fifty grand? No, the the top one is seventy two thousand, seventy three thousand. Oh my goodness me! Oh. Right, right. Uh, I think it starts at fifty one and goes up to seventy two. Now, when I've, I've read, I've read quite a few things on the internet about this, and I think we've even said it to each other. You know, that much for a Renault. Yeah, really, that much for a Renault. I've read it over and over again, and I got a bit. It just got me thinking. Well, obviously Renault think it's worth it's worth that much. So why don't we? What is it? What is it about us saying that much for a Renault? Because there's better cars out there. Well, wait a minute. I'm just that's it might, there might be better cars out there, but I'm just thinking it, the the vibe I got of what we were saying and what I was reading wasn't that car. It was the fact that no Renault could be worth seventy-two thousand pounds. It was sort of sort of like a slight against Renault, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you got to be thinking. Well, they obviously think it's worth that much. So are we being unfair? So I started to think, right? But to be fair, 
that yeah. that's really valid, mate. I totally, totally get that. But I could go away after this podcast and get the baby's felt tips out, draw a picture, and go. That's a million quid. Right, hang on. I'm going to try and defend. I'm going to say I think we are be the built and fail, you know, because I've, I've really thought about this. Okay. I love it. I, I love that you actually thought about something. <laughs> what for a change? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right. I know the venues we see every day aren't, aren't inspiring. We see we see Kadjars, um captors, the new Megans and the new Cleos aren't inspiring at all. They're not like the old Renaults where they do a distinctive. They're just cars. We were seeing this in the French cars thing, weren't we? Yeah, the French cars podcast. They're not special anymore. However, think about the other side of Renault. Renault is a great motorsport company. Yes, isn't it? Absolutely. Isn't it? So think about. I think it was the Renault. Was it the Renault Nineteen in the seventies? Yeah. You had the Renault Five Turbo. You had the Clio Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. iconic again. You yeah. see, this I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I'm this is. Yet. Sorry, go on. Go on. You can listen. Go on. I was going to say that is absolutely right. If yeah. you wanted a hot hatch back in the day, in the 80s, early 90s, you bought French, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Apart from the Mark One Golf GTI, you had a Peugeot or you had a Renault Clio, you had something like that. Now, okay. But not, that was, only, not only that, right? not only the, that motorsport side of it, right? That was before BMW, Audi, Volkswagen, and, well, not Volkswagen because they had the Golf, but Audi, BMW, Merck made small fast cars as soon as the germans came into it you didn't buy french okay all right but there's, there's something else as well right not only you've got the motorsport side of it i now this is just this is going to sound stupid right but i always forget to an f1 i always forget to a formula one team every time there's a formula one race and it's Ricciardo in, in for the Renault, I go, oh God, yeah, Renault. And they've been in F1 for years and years and years. Right? Sorry. Right, years and years and years. You've got to give them credit for that. So when we say, why would you pay £72,000 for a Renault where you could buy a BMW or a Porsche or a whatever? Renault yeah. can sit down and go, well, we're in F1, you're not. But why would you? Why would you? If you're putting up a, a set of traffic lights and you're in a £72,000 Renault yeah. and somebody pulls up by the side of you and there's only spent 50 on an Audi R8 yeah. or a Aston Martin or a Porsche Cayman, are you really going to wind the window down and go, these are an F1, you know? No, but what I mean is, should we not give them more respect for that? And maybe it is worth that much money because at the end of the day, they do more for motorsport than the others are at the moment. That is absolutely true. I can't argue that point. They are in Formula One. They have got a racing pedigree. Absolutely not going to argue with that. They've got a racing why, pedigree. Why shouldn't he be seen in the same in the same light as BMW? But nobody in their right mind would spend seventy two thousand pounds on a BMW M one forty. Nobody in their right mind spent seventy two grand on an Audi RS three. They just wouldn't. I st- I still think that. <laughs> okay, I still think that there's a there's just an ingrained prejudice against French cars at the moment. It's still, and especially Renault when Renault does not deserve it. No, and maybe and maybe half of it is just us going <laughs> Renault. 
I, I, th- I think Renault are the best French manufacturer. I think they've got way. I think they offer way more than Citroen and Peugeot currently. And you're absolutely right. Renault have a racing pedigree. I always, always wanted as a lad. I always wanted the Renault, the Clio. I yeah. love the first generation Megane two two five. Loved it. The Clio Cup, brilliant car. Loved them. Loved them. Loved them. But. They had to be reasonable. They had to be affordable. That's the one thing about hatches. And £72,000 for a Renault Megane is ludicrous. Okay. But the point is the point is not about that car. No, that, car that car made me think about it. But the point is not that car. The point is, are Renault underrated? And yeah, I think they are. I think you might be right, mate. I think you might be right. I don't know what the build quality is like. I don't know what the interiors are like. And... I think with all the EU regulations and pedestrian safety and everything like that, they're not where they were years ago with the small, bare bones, nothing in them, lightweight, hot hatches. But maybe, maybe they are, mate. Maybe they are underrated. But again, too many people now can afford German and English cars like Ford and Vauxhall are overtaking them for interiors, for technology, for quality. So they might be underrated, but other people. Have up their game, and other and, and the public can afford German cars. Okay, well, that's uh, that's my best argument for them. So, if you listen to this, what do you think? Am I right, or have I got a point, or is Sai right? Let us know. Right. right, do you ever go full of your ones, then, please? Yes, I do. Yeah, I'll just warn you, you are muffling up a little bit. Okay, so try just uh, go a bit away from the mic. Oh, sorry, mate, it's better. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't, it might be Skype, I don't know. Before. Let me know what the sound quality is like, obviously, because uh, sound quality is our paramount concern for our listeners, isn't it now? It is now. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> in episode two, three, and four, we didn't care, but we really, really do now. We um, didn't really care in episode 16, to be honest with you, but we're doing our best now. <laughs> um, so my first one, I think I'll get the least controversial one out first, Okay. I think Kia are underrated. Well, Kia? Yeah. Okay, oh, that's an interesting one. Underrated in what way? Oh, again, we've come at it from two different perspectives. Sorry. I don't think Kia has had its breakthrough moment yet. Again, I think the small, compact, affordable family car I think that pool is completely swamped by Ford and Vauxhall. And I think people just like sheep just blindly follow and just go, I've had a Ford, I've had a Ford, I've had a Ford, I'll keep having a Ford, I keep having a Ford, I keep having a Ford. I've had yeah. Ford for 152 years. My next car's yeah. going to be a Ford. Are you talking about me? No, not at all, mate. <laughs> you could say the same about me. You could say the same about me. Why would I go? and buy a BMW 3 Series when I could go and buy a Kia Stinger. Yeah, it's again, it's it's the Korean thing, isn't it? It's the Korea thing. It's And it, it, to me, and I'm going to say it for this one, it's the badge. And I still think there is a lot of badge snobbery and a lot of what do the neighbours think? What do your work colleagues think? Now... I think the Kia Stinger is a great-looking car. I think it's a great-looking car. It's got performance like you wouldn't believe. I've just been on a, a, a car selling up, and yeah. it's not limited. 
So it's faster than the Germans. It's faster than the limited Audis. It's faster than the limited BMWs. It does 168 miles an hour. So that would have kept up with the Cayman S. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, I know on on I know I know it's not real, but on Forza Horizon Four, I've, I've got a key stinger on that, and it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I, I know I know, it's, I know it's not real. Okay. Also, we had um, what's the what's the mid mid saloon they've got the Kia Speed, the Kia Seed. We had one of those for a pool car once when I worked in Bootle, um, and it was absolutely brilliant. Everyone loved it. Yeah, I loved. The first generation Sportage. No, I didn't like that. I like I like the one now. Yeah, I like the one now. I like the one now. But the first one it was just different. It was just a night. It was, all its dimensions were right. It wasn't trying to be too big. It wasn't trying to be too small. It was just right. nice. Right. It was a nice interior. It was a nice place to be. Um, now, I, I but when I say they don't sell again, when I was looking, when I was looking through the classifieds, there was. 13,000 Kias for sale. 13,000. Mm. But there's like 136,000 Fords. But Fords just sell more anyway. Yeah. In the first place, don't they? So there's going to be, there will be more Fords to be sold, won't there? That's what I mean. But they haven't had that breakthrough moment, have they? They are trying. They are. They, And again, it's so hard because they made the stinger, right? The Sting yeah. got the performance of an M3, of an M4, of an S5, of a Mercedes AMG. It's got, but because of the performance, it's also in that price bracket. Mm. So again, why would I buy a Kia Stinger instead of a BMW M3? Yeah. If I, put that, if I put that on my drive, my neighbours would go, you can have an M3 for that. Yeah. But, but, it's, it's, but it's as good as an M3. Well, performance-wise and, and, you know, everything else, it, you know, and the inter- when, I, when I was going through the photos, the interiors looked good. It was a full leather interior. It didn't look tinny or nasty or cheap. It, yeah. didn't, look, it didn't look as finished as a German car. It didn't look as high, like, material-wise. It didn't, it didn't look cheap, but it didn't look, you know, Mercedes interiors now are something else to just blow you away. But it didn't look, it didn't look out of place in that market, in that group, and I just think they are trying. They are really trying. They're trying something different. They're trying to make fast, sporty, performing cars. I know they've made some crud in their time. You know the Kia Kearns or whatever it was called. Kearns, you know, yeah. Oh, Street there's, there's been some. There's been some absolute donkeys, and they've got over that. I think they've got over that hurdle and the seed i love the grills on them i love the front of them i think they are good looking cars but why would you buy one yeah because they, well, they are cheaper than bmws aren't they but so you can probably, probably get more for your money you get i mean just i'm gonna sound like a kia salesman now i think they do i don't i don't know any other car manufacturer that gives a seven-year warranty uh, oh, of course, exactly. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they've got so, all that for them. You know, you will get more for your money. Yeah, but, of course. But you, you, you pay for like a prestige with that. Yeah, of course you are. Because what other car would give you a sub 
five second note to 60 time and do 160 miles an hour for 25, 30 grand. Exactly, it's very good, isn't it? Exactly. So, you know, that that that's just used. They mostly be like 30, 35 grand new. So that does put you in like the BMW 330 category. It would never get you an M, well, it would never get you a new M4 or a new M3, but it would certainly get you a second hand one. Yeah, yeah. So something to consider, but again, you know, like like they're not particularly cheap. You know, a Kia Seed is 18, 19, 20 grand. You know, that, that must put you right in the bracket of a focus, a golf. Yeah, it totally does, yeah. Series. Yeah, it does. Um, so, like I said, I just don't think enough. I just don't think they've had the, the breakthrough, the watershed moment yet. But I, I do think, as a manufacturer, they're underrated, and I would certainly pick one over a French car. <laughs> okay, right. We're gonna do another one of yours next because I haven't, I haven't got one left. Okay. So, what's your second one? My second one is Volvo. Right now, I was, I was surprised. You... You said this, wasn't I? Because you've always slagged Volvo off to me, and I like Volvo. Yeah, it, 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 it's a really weird one because you're absolutely right. I would never own one. I would never own one. I'd never have one on my drive. But I look at them and go, "That's a nice, you know, that's a nice looking car." I can't, I can't whinge at the Volvo XC60 or the XC90. You know, they look, they look amazing, and they look. They look money. They look like they're worth a lot of money. They're not. Yeah. They're not they don't look cheap. Them cars. They look absolutely gorgeous. But mate, they're not cheap. You know, you're talking forty, fifty grand. They're not cheap. Yeah. But for me, Volvo's the funeral industry did nothing for Volvo's. Um, because you just think of a Volvo as a hearse, as a funeral limousine. You just think. I don't. Of, I, I don't. Always good thoughts. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 old the original Volvo estates are 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 the perfect size, are the perfect shape for an estate. You know, you can get a a wardrobe in it lying down. It's like the perfect, the ultimate shape for carrying loads and blah blah blah. But they they just don't appeal. They they I just. Yeah, I, I just think the new ones look good and they're, they're full of technology. They're they're really smart inside. They've got tablets for dashboards and everything else, but they're underrated because everyone just goes and buys an X5. Everyone goes and buys an X5 or a Mercedes 4x4 or a Q7 or a Q5. But like you said, really, the classy one and the tasteful one is the XC90. Yeah. I, I I think I think done the rated to you, <laughs> but not a lot of other people. I no, I, I totally disagree there. I totally disagree. If go I on. gave nine out, if I gave ten people sixty grand, nine of them would buy a Merc or an X Five. Yeah, that's true. That's they would. They absolutely yeah. would. But mm-hmm. the XC90 is class leading. The XC90 wins all the awards, mate. It gets all the. It gets all the, you know, it gets all, it gets all the recognition, recognition, and all the nominations. They're renowned for safety. So, if you've got families, big families, or whatever, then you would be you'd you'd want to stick them in a Volvo. I think I've just realised why the reason is that you know people would buy a Merc or a BM above a Volvo. 
it's all down to how how they were seen years ago. Now, when I was a kid in the seventies, BMW and Merc have always been sporty cars. They've always yeah. had they've always had not a playboy image, but they've always had they've always been glamorous. Yeah. And some of the old BMWs weren't that glamorous. They weren't very nice inside. But they yeah. still had this this thing about them. But Volvos were never like that. Volvos were, were boxy, boxy shaped, reliable, workhorses. Yeah, exactly. Loads so, carrying. Yes. So they, they, they came from completely different end of the spectrum. I think that legacy has just lived on. People still think of Volvo as that boxy Swedish car, which goes yeah. on forever, not a sporty, glamorous car. Well, yeah. actually, some, mm. of them, some of them are quite glamorous now. Some of them are, right? And apparently, like, I've never I've never driven one myself, but, you know, they do all the T5 models. Apparently, some of them can't half-shift. And you imagine an estate with the, the, the T5, whatever it's called, a T5 estate. Yeah. The, the police used to use them. The armed yeah. police. They, and don't forget, you can never forget about the iconic estate touring car. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, so... I think they are majorly underrated again because too many too many people are just too quick to jump on the Audi, Merc, and BM bandwagon. I have actually driven a T5. Have you really? An estate, yeah. I've just remembered now. It was we were on a course um, in Sunderland, and we had a high car going up, and there was four of us going. So we asked for a big car, and they sent us a T5 estate as an automatic as well. And I, I drove it, and it, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, and, so, he, and, and I'm going to get really, really sad here, but the headrests are iconic as well. Oh, and the holes in the middle. Yeah, and the shape of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, you're right. I mean, I think now the S90s and the S60s are lovely cars. Yeah, and the little ones. Like the, that first little one, which like which is like a door wedge. They were fantastic looking things. I love. Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You just you just said you loved them. Yeah, I so did. Why, so why wouldn't no. you have? So why wouldn't you have one then? I was a kid. I was a child. But well, I remember looking at going. That's not a Ford Fiesta or a Peugeot two hundred five. It was it was like a door wedge, and it had pop up headlights. What more do you want? Okay, so there's nothing that would make you think about owning a Volvo now, then? Oh. It's purely your prejudice, isn't it? It I'm is, not, me. I'm not in a funny way. I'm just, I just, yeah. that's, that's all it is. Yeah, it, 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 you know, there's no bad snobbery there. Volvo is a good make, it's a good badge, it's a good mark. But, like, if you said to me now, if the new X3 wasn't out, if the new shape wasn't out now, and somebody said to me, go and get an X3 or a Volvo, and it was the old generation, and it was the old generation X3. I'd have an XC60, an XC90, and a heartbeat. Yeah. But definitely. I just think the new X3 is a better looking car than the X60 and the XC90. But again, okay. you are absolutely right. It's my prejudice. I was brought up with a lot of BMWs. My dad had BMW after BMW after BMW. They were always fast, they were always top of the range. It was not, you know, I, I wasn't, it, Volvo just wasn't on my radar as a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time I saw a Volvo, it was a, it was a funeral. It was a hearse. Um, but the one that I did love as a kid was the wedgie one. Um, but I do definitely think now that if I gave ten people a set amount of money, they would all go and buy a Q5, a Q7, a Merc, or an X3 or an X5. 
Yeah, see, I would I would have a Volvo above a, a Q any day because yeah, just, just, just because it just because it's more you don't see it, it's just more rare. It's yeah. a bit, bit more it's a bit more classy, I think. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, good so, shout. Awesome. And again, if you've got listeners that drive Volvos or, or rate them or don't rate them, let us know. Right, so I'm gonna give you my second one and my last one. Um and like I said to you before, I said it's going to be Skoda. Shut up. This is gonna take some doing this one, isn't it? The... I'm only gonna, I'm only trying to prove to you that they're underrated. I'm not saying they're great. I just think they're underrated. Okay. okay. Right. So go back again to the seventies and eighties. The world was the, the communist bloc was still there, okay? Berlin Wall hadn't had fell yet. The Soviet Union was still together. The Warsaw Pact was still going. So, what cars could you get? How old were you then? 30. What makes what? How old were you? 30. No, it was not 30. It was in my teens. Yeah. Right, so what, what cars could you buy in the Soviet bloc? Well, if you're Russian, you could have a Lada. The Lada no. Reavers were, were great. The Lada Neva does have a cult attraction because it was, it's like a tank but not a great car you could have a larder or you could have a zil which we made limousines now it's weird that you could, you could never get zills outside russia that's because if you put a zil against a, a long wheelbase jag there's only one winner there isn't there yeah so um and you could also get what well, i think what was called a volga which we never saw outside russia either okay, okay. and you go to when what makes you get to skoda when I'm just give me time. You always want me to paint a picture. I'm painting a picture. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yugoslavia, you had the Yugo, which was quite popular over here, but it wasn't a good car. East Germany had nothing apart from the Trabant, which was like I think it was two cylinders, wasn't it? And you could run it on potato peelings and stuff like that. What else was there? Poland had the FSO, which was awful, and you had the Polski Fiat, which were terrible. Meanwhile, in Czechoslovakia, Skoda were building the Estelle and the Rapide, and they were winning rallies all, about, all across Europe. So you, you might say, okay, they were the best out of a bad bunch, but that's a pretty good best. So I've got that to go on, first of all, right? Why, why are you silent? I'm sorry, I'll, I, I've nodded off. Sorry, mate. <sighs> okay, right. Anyway, so... Have you got to modern day, yeah? Or are you still live in your, your late 30s? I was just painting a picture, like I said, mate. Oh, jeez. Okay, so, obviously, I think Skoda were the best out of the Eastern Bloc cars then. VW must have seen some potential, because VW obviously bought them, didn't they? Right? Yeah, but not, not, when, when did they buy them? Uh, the 90s, was it, something like that? Like, 90s? Octavia and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So now... Obviously, they've got the might of VW behind them, so the build quality is better. It wasn't bad anyway, but it's a lot better now. Um, they can still do better designs, maybe, but I do like the Kodiak. Um, they're very, very reliable. I mean, a lot of taxi drivers have Octavia or Superb. Yeah, what that's like a Spanish, and the window falls down when you shut the door. What that says to me is that those diesel engines will be good for 150,000 miles, if not more. So the, the, they've just come on and leaps and bounds. I don't, they're not a joke car anymore. 
And I don't, I, I think it was unfair that he ever were because they were definitely the best from the Eastern Bloc. So I think they were underrated. I, I, I mean, <sighs> look at a Vauxhall or something like that. What's Vauxhall Astra? Would you not take a superb instead of that? I don't know. No. But you get more for your money. No. And it's, and it's really to be W. But so is a Seat. And a Seat up from a, from a Skoda. Is Seat still your next one? No. Oh, okay. Right, go on, let's do Seat then. I think, I think, I think we're not doing Seat, are we? Because that's not on our list. I know, but you're saying Seat's, yeah, Seat's still VW as well. Okay, but maybe, maybe they're, they're more expensive. But Seat is still underrated. Yes, yeah, so. yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Because you know they make some again great hot hatches. They've won rally after rally after rally. They've won car of the year awards. Everything they're owned by VW, but again, people go and put themselves in a Vauxhall, a Ford, a Polo, a Golf. Um, and I would, I would, I would, I would have a say. I would have, a, I'd have a say. I thought having a Beta, you know, the, the Teckers aren't bad, but a Skoda. Again, mate, you, you're talking about my prejudices, aren't you? I, I still think that people still see Skoda as a Czechoslovakian car. You still see it as an Eastern European car, and it's it's we've gone past that now. It comes down to badge snobbery. It comes down to badge snobbery. If I've got fifteen grand to spend, and I can have a Skoda, a Seat, or an eighteen-month-old Ford, I'm having an eighteen-month-old Ford or a Seat. I'm not. I'm not getting the Skoda, but you've got you've got Skoda VRSs now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hot as hell. Yeah. You know, so sport in them, sports interiors in them, but again, why would you? Why would you? And my point is, and I'm saying, why wouldn't you? Because you'd go and buy German. <laughs> That's your answer to everything. But you would. Do you buy German sausages? What? Do you buy German sausages? What are you saying? Do you buy German sausages? Have you, have you turned into a dog? Say sausages. Sausages. <laughs> Walsh. Walsh. What are you saying? Our sausages. <laughs> the best thing me saying, I, I like wall sausages. You go, yeah, I'd always buy German. Why? But why wouldn't you? They are known for quality, performance, design, <sighs> style, prestige. They. The Germans nail car manufacturing, don't they? Don't they? Porsche, Audi, Mercedes, BMW. That that's the way to do it. Okay, the point was the school are underrated, and I think they are. Right? They're a brilliant taxi driver's car. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. Well, let's let's leave it at that. They're not underrated. They're just. Always. All right, all right, all right. What's your favorite? What's your last one? Lexus. Oh, nice. Go on. Okay. Lexus is underrated. Um, and they've got a really bad, boring reputation. And yeah. when when you look at the design of a Lexus, they are anything but boring. You know, they they have gone all out with these big, massive grills that are, like, pinched in the middle. 
They've got really snazzy, tiny wing mirrors on them. Big boots. They've got. They've got light. They've got like lights that look like razors. Got lights. What? They've got, they've got lights. They've got lights like razor cut in paper at the front of them. They haven't. They haven't got headlights like them googly little fairy boppers. Your dentist used to give you like your face. They've got. Go on. They've got. They, they, they are really out there with their design now, and they are making five liter V8 super saloons. They're making fast sports coupes, but they've never ever got over Alan Partridge owning a IS. That's that's completely it, and I think they're probably underrated only in Britain and maybe Ireland. I think around the rest of the world, they're probably not underrated at all. Because... I know. They lead it well. They did lead the way in the hybrid era. You know the the they RX. Did, they did, yeah, you're right. The four by four was one of the very very first ones to be a hybrid, a plug-in hybrid. The yeah. big massive ones, the LSs, they they are like they are they are something else as a limousine. That the comfort and the build quality and. Double glazed doors, automatic blinds, soft closed doors, V8 engines that hoof you down a motorway that you can't hear. They, they, they just do everything. And my dad had one. My dad had a Japanese imported IS. Mm. And it was unworldly. It was, it was all black. It had a body kit on it. It was... As a 17-year-old lad, that was just like, oh, my God, that car is awesome. It got looks from everyone. It'd sit outside his business, and people would stop him and go, is that yours, and blah, blah, blah. People had, people had seen him, but they hadn't seen one like that. It was just something yeah. else. Yeah. And the interior was like Nick's Aston Martin. It had those kind of dials. It had a, a Mark Levinson hi-fi in it. It had leather and suede interior it was it was just out of this world it was stunning and it went like anything and it's what they call a bit of a sleeper car people didn't expect it to have the performance that it did but oh my god we had off near enough everything um when when they had it and then there was a comment made oh alan partridge one of them and within a week it was gone <laughs> yeah but that, that's totally it i think i think it comes down to two things yes yes you're absolutely right you are underrated because never you walk past one you just look and go it just it just oozes quality quality in class but for the two things that go against that are yes alan Parsons had one it's never got over that especially in britain yeah. two i'm looking back to your points which is that people look and go why would they spend that much money on a japanese car when i can get a bmw instead or a port, or a whatever instead of Mercedes. Yeah. I don't. I, I think being Japanese doesn't help it. I don't think it does, mate. No, but again, I would. I don't think there's many Lexus at the moment that I would own. But if one really came, if one came out and I went, oh my god, that is absolutely stunning. I love that. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I wouldn't have an issue in buying that. Whereas I would, I would have an issue buying a fast Kia or a fast Skoda. But I wouldn't have an issue buying a Lexus that I liked. Yeah, I mean, despite despite everything that we've said, um, the prejudice against Lexus is not is not because of its quality or class, because that's that's 
goes about saying. I mean, it's absolutely, absolutely amazing cars. It's it's a perception of them more than anything else. Yeah, it is. It's it's a perception, like I said, how a character can change a whole country, a whole country's perception of a car. He did it with um, the Ford uh, Cougar. The very first Ford Cougar when it was a coupe, it was the sporty Mondeo. He had yeah. one of them and sales plummeted. Yeah, um, yeah. But like I said, Lexus deserve a lot more credit and a lot more recognition than what it gets. It gets this boring librarian reputation. It gets this reputation and if it if it was a human, it'd have half a sherry, it'd have a small glass of sherry on Christmas Eve, on New Year's Eve, and in bed with its Horlicks at half past seven. But no. when you look at the design of the car, the designs of the cars are something else. Yeah, yeah. What did what did what did a division of? Is it Toyota? Yeah. It's Toyota, is it? Yeah. I don't know if that helps either. But well, it's not fair. Toyota, I've got a massive racing pedigree in Le Mans, yeah. in Formula One, in all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think Lexus are underrated. Okay. I just need to go back to Renault again for a second. I've just thought about it as well. You've got you've got the Alpine thing going on. Alpine, you Alpine. heathen. All right, whatever. Still, you know, you. That's I love that car. Um, and the Renault Espace was the first people carrier, so they show innovation as well. Yes. Oh, they show innovation, mate. The, the Velsatis for one. Yeah. You know, which I, which I liked. <laughs> so, you know, it, but that that's that's the French, isn't it? All over, they're very out there and try different things. And you know, again, who who sticks plastic waffle effect to the side of a car and calls it a cactus? You know, it's just yeah. You know, anyway, have I have I convinced you about my choices? Um, can't give me Renault. Come on, I've put a impassioned defence there. I think- I think Renault is, is, is a good shout, mate, but I think he led with the wrong argument, saying that maybe it is where 72 grand is like me going in and drawing you a picture now and saying... No, that, I, never, I didn't say that. I said, that's what made me think about it, because it was all the pressure of people going, how can a Renault be worth that much? And I was thinking, well, well suppose it is. What's stopping yeah. us from thinking it is? Yeah. That was all. That's how it got me thinking. That was all. Yeah, I think... I think what you've done, you've, you've used two really good examples because one had a great reputation and that's waned over the years and it's kind of gone, oh, there's another boring Renault, no performance, no build quality, blah, blah, blah. So they had the reputation and it slowly drifted. Whereas Skoda didn't have the reputation and was a bit of a joke, a bit of a laughing stock, you know, and they are trying hard. They've been taken over by VW. They're making decent cars. Now they've got build quality. You take the Skoda badge off from the end, the power unit under the bonnet, it's got a VW badge on it. You know, so they're on the up. And Renault are trying desperately to get back to the glory days, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think with your choices, I would go with... I think I think I've nailed Volvo. Volvo and Lexus, I think I've nailed. Um, no, because... I'd, go, I'd, I'd go with Kia more because I think they're more underrated. But they're not, though, are they? 
So why did you pick them? They're underrated, but I can, I, you know, like you said, the, the one thing that sold it for me for Volvo was that I could round up, I could get 10 people off here. I could get 10 people off this podcast and go, there's 60 grand. Go come back to me with a four by four. Yeah. Okay. They will come back now with Volvo XC90s just to prove me wrong. But they would all go and get an Audi, a Merc, or a BM. Yeah. It just would. But like you said, I think Volvo, I think the Volvo 4x4s are classy and they're classy because you don't see any of them because everyone's driving around in the other term. True, true. Okay, so let's leave it there. That's, that's, that's pretty good debate, that is. It was. I love that, Al. And I think that's a really good first specific subject podcast. So do I, mate. So, um, yeah. So on, on Friday or Saturday, we're going to be doing the weekend review, aren't we? We are. Okay. I've got uh, something I want to talk about for that already. Oh, have you? Yeah, it flashed up on our Twitter and, oh my God, I need to talk about it. Oh, but I showed you before. No, you haven't shown me anything. Oh, what is it then? Oh, no, 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 it's not that, no. But that, that again, is another good one. Oh, listen, we're giving suspense and cliffhangers. Oh, no, <laughs> that one, Al. Okay. To find out what it is. Okay. All right. Let's do it for tonight. Okay. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, don't bear in mind our um, social media. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at Full Beam Cars and Tumblr as well. Um, if you want to email us, you can fullbeamcars at gmail.com. Simon. Thanks, Sal. I uh, really, really enjoyed that podcast, mate. And like I said, they're great subjects. It got me thinking about what is going to be the car manufacturers. And hopefully, everybody at home that listens enjoyed it. And uh, maybe they can share let their. Know. Yeah, let us know yeah. what you think. Yeah, let us know. Please let us know what you think. Okay, then. So we'll see you on Friday or Saturday. Okay, mate. Well, let's have a nice rest of your week and we'll speak to you soon. Bye bye, people. Bye.